Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be so Nehemiah chapter 11 and 1 says, Now the leaders of the people dwelt at Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, and nine-tenths were to dwell in other cities. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. These are the heads of the province who dwelt in Jerusalem. But in the cities of Judah, everyone dwelt in his own possession in their cities. Israelites, priests, Levites, Nethanim, and the descendants of Solomon's uh, servants. Also in Jerusalem dwelt some of the children of Judah and of the children of Benjamin. So I thought it was neat. They drew lots to see who would dwell in Jerusalem. It's got a wall, but it's not fully developed. They don't have all the systems in place. So they're like, okay, I guess we're going to have to cast lots to see who goes. But there are some guys that said willingly, I'll I'll go do it. (laughs) You ever have a situation come up where Something needs to get done, but it's not the best of circumstances in there yet. And well, let's let's draw straws to see who goes. And somebody goes, "Hey, I'll just go ahead and go." I mean, look at these guys; they went willingly. I thought that was great. I'll go in anyway. So we see Israelites who were chosen, some chosen by lot, because the temple required workers to keep it running. So they want their relationship with God. We're back. We're out of captivity. We want relationship with our God. Let's get that temple going again. That's where God resides in that presence in there. Let's go back and get to work in the temple. So they needed temple workers in there to keep that running. That's why they got in there first. You notice they prioritize God first. Wait a minute. We need to work on drainage. We need to work on water supply. The food coming, shipping in and out is not quite there yet. Well, you know, I don't want to go in there. Let's draw a lot. Wait, some guys are like, I'm going now. God has to be first. Do you see this? Friends, in your life, if everything else isn't quite working out like it ought to yet, you don't have everything quite in place yet, let me tell you, put God first. You put God first, all the rest of it will come, okay? So consider that Jerusalem had just been built back up recently. It's not as developed as the outer cities are. It, it, they, Jerusalem is the bullseye of the bullseye of the entire world the focus of all warfare. I mean, even in the news right now, it's going on. And it was torn down. It was busted up. Things are not 100% back yet. So they're not as developed in Jerusalem as the outlying cities are. Now, it's probably easier to live in these outlying cities than in Jerusalem right at this time. But even still, it was considered to be a great honor to be chosen to go into Jerusalem. Some of the guys says, I'm going willingly. I will dwell in Jerusalem now. Just make sure you bring me some food and some water, and I'll go in there today. I mean, we need believers like this. 
the mission field. It's tough. It's not as developed out there. I've been to Africa. I've been to uh, certain places in um, where, where there is poverty, uh, the likes that Americans have not seen, and it was scary. I've been to Panama City. I've been to Mexico. I've been, I've been to places that most people would look at and say, I don't want to go there, but I, I wanted to go. I've had people tell me, oh, Ray, next time you go on a mission trip, I want to go. And I'm like, okay, let me show you a few pictures first. And they're like, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. I can deal with that. Then I showed them in Panama, I showed them the baño. And they said, oh, I don't know now. <laughs> that, was, that was the deciding factor for them. <laughs> but imagine if you were one of these guys for Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, I'll go in there today. Well, it's not going to be that easy, but I want to go. Christians, we need to be like this. It's not easy taking the word out there, having your relationship with God, but we need to be, I want to go. Not that guy that goes, well, not right now. Things aren't developed right. I got my things going on. I don't have this in order. I'm trying to work on this right now. I'm busy with school. Oh, my job won't let me. Where's the people that say, hey, I'm going. I'm going to do it today. That's what I see here, and it's so wonderful. Nehemiah 11 and 4, 4 through 19. Look at that. Y'all just look at 4 through 19 for a minute. If any one of you wants to come up here and say that, you come up here now. I'll let you have the mic and let you go through it. Please, who wants to do it? Go for it. Nobody's moving. Everybody's smiling, but nobody's moving. (laughs) Okay, now you know where I'm at, and I'm not going to say it. This is a summary of this, 4 through 19 is a list of families and a lot of priests that moved into Jerusalem. Lots of them were from the tribe of Judah. You can see that. There were some from the tribe of Benjamin, and there's a lot of Levite people. These are people that had done work in the temple in the past, or they had direct relatives. Maybe dad did it, and he told me a lot about how the temple work went, so I have firsthand knowledge. They also had gatekeepers that were brought in. Basically, Gatekeepers were security officers. They were there to keep the city safe. You don't just let anybody come in that wants to come in. Nehemiah 11 and 20. And the rest of Israel, of the priests and Levites, were in all the cities of Judah, everyone in his inheritance. That's very particular. I'm going to cash in on that. Everyone in his inheritance. God said, certain people, this tribe, you get this piece of land. This tribe, you get to have this piece of land. God gave them that land. And people are saying right now, the Jews don't need to be in that land. That is their land. God gave that to them. It is theirs. It belongs to the Jews. We see it in the Bible. Everyone in his inheritance. God says, this is your inheritance. I'm giving this to you. So they were in that land in their inheritance. All the tribes went to where God said, this is your peace. Go take it. Go take it back. Verse 21. But the Nethanim dwelt in Ophel. And Zia and Gishpa were over the Nethanim. Also, the overseer of the Levites at Jerusalem was Uzai, the son of Bani, the son of, here we go. I had my coffee, and I thought that was going to help. The overseer of the Levites at Jerusalem was Uzai, the son of Bani, the son of Hashabiah. I'm just going to wing it. The son of Mataniah the son of Micah, of the sons of Asaph, the singers in charge of the service of the house of God. For it was the king's command concerning them that a certain portion should be for the singers, a quota day by day. Look at that. That's great. 
Pethahiah, the son of Meshezebel, of the children of Zerah, the son of Judah, was the king's deputy in all matters concerning the people. Okay, so the singers, they were under the provision of King Artaxerxes. You remember when Nehemiah became concerned about Jerusalem's well-being, King Artaxerxes said, you go over and you take care of it, go deal with it. So he sent Nehemiah back to Jerusalem in chapter 1. He gave Nehemiah provision, uh, permits, uh, trespassing slips. You can go through this, uh, this area. You, you, you'll be safe by these documents. He gave him permission and all the resources he needed to get the job done of rebuilding the wall. So the king set a lot of this stuff up. He, he funded a lot of this and, and gave provision for it. And that guy, Pethahiah, the king's deputy, he was the deputy because if the king was, was financing all this, it was his job to report back to the king about how things were going in Jerusalem. I think that's, a, that's fair. The king says, I'm, I'm establishing all this. God moved the king to do that. But this guy was the deputy. He was reporting back how things were going to the, the affairs to the king, how things developed. So what we're seeing here in all this that's been said so far, or attempted to be said by my redneck tongue that couldn't quite pull it off, (laughs) what we're seeing here was a structure of government representation that was being established for the benefit of everybody that was going to live there. You can't go into a society and have no law with no government. People will go nuts. They'll go crazy. So they're setting up, not just the wall got set up, but now the people in their proper place with specific jobs. The worship in the temple's coming back. You've got these, these leaders coming back in. Everything's, the leadership's getting back in place. They're getting things off the ground. Good systems are coming back for the benefit of a representation society to live in Jerusalem once again. So you can see all the benefit that had come from all the work of rebuilding the wall around the city. The wall was the first thing that had to come up, or else you can't protect yourself. You can't defend yourself from enemies. Now that they have a defense, Now they can start putting all these other systems in place of government and leadership that's necessary to have a functioning city. Nehemiah 11 and 25. 25 through 36. I'm going to skip a little more, a bunch of names. It describes 17 cities where more people from Judah had settled into villages as far as Beersheba, and that was about 32 miles south of Jerusalem. So it's not just Jerusalem at the center, but you've also got 30-some-odd miles all the way around that. They're not just in Jerusalem. They're surrounding all the way around it. The whole land is getting fortified back up once again. So they're in Jerusalem, outlying areas, the the society, the culture's coming back. I want us to recall back to how bad a shape Jerusalem was in back in Nehemiah 1, verse 2, because this is a good snapshot of how things were from that time to now. Nehemiah 1 and 2 says, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. That's how it was when Nehemiah first caught wind of this, that he needed to go start this wall. It was bad. It was beyond bad. The people couldn't hardly get by. They were disgraced, means 
They were insulted by nations around them. Nations would come in and pick on them and bully them. But it's amazing to see how the Israelites were coming back. And they were coming back because the Lord God had restored them back. Friends, you don't get to come back unless the Lord God restores you back. I I have been restored by the Lord God because he pulled me back in. Left up to myself, I'd have stayed off in sin and just ruined my life to nothing. I'd have run it straight into the dirt. Matter of fact, I did run it into the dirt at one time. But the Lord restored me back. So as we go through the story, we need to keep in mind how this applies to you and I, that the Lord's restoring these people back and they're getting things back off the ground again. He offers to do the same for you. You think, man, Ray, my life is a mess. It is a mess. I can't figure out how to fix everything. Well, they couldn't figure out how to fix everything either, but the Lord brought them back. He said, Nehemiah, build a wall. Here's how you do it. God will tell you, friend, you, you get me back in your life. I'll tell you what to do and how to do it. And then just follow what the Lord God says, and he'll reestablish you, but you got to do it his way. So I'm just showing you a snapshot from then to now, how it was. It's amazing to see how they were coming back because the Lord God restored them. Friends, we serve a God of restoration. Thank God. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't have this God that I have. He's a God of restoration. So we read that Nehemiah prayed for restoration, and now the people here in Nehemiah 11, the people were getting exactly what Nehemiah prayed for. (laughs) This is an answered prayer. Lord, restore us, and now they're being restored again. So now Nehemiah 12 and verse 1 we're at, where the priests and the Levites here. Now these are the priests and the Levites who came up with Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtel, and Jeshua. So again, we have a list of Hebrew names here that I'm going to (laughs) avoid. But verse 7, it finishes by saying, these were the heads of the priests and their brethren in the days of Jeshua. So we're given a list of leaders of priests, priest leaders here, who had come back under Zerubbabel's leadership. You remember Zerubbabel led an earlier group of people back, and that was 100 years prior, earlier than this. So the next verses are going to list their offspring that had come from them. The reason we're going to be given this lineage here in the book, why we're given an ancestral lineage, is to show us how the priestly line was kept intact. That's something very important. God did not throw them in captivity to break the line and, oh, well, everything's cut off now. God is not only restoring the people back, but he's restoring the lineages back to the jobs that their forefathers had once held. Everything's come back, okay? I want you to recall back in Moses' day, the first high priest was Aaron, and then Aaron's line was maintained throughout history. Aaron's line of priests was always kept in place until this guy named Jehozadak And Jehozadak was taken away with the rest of the Israelites into captivity into Babylon. This line was kept all the way to Jehozadak, and now, boom, we're in pause mode. They're taken away into captivity. Then when the Lord brought Israel back out of Babylonian captivity, Jeshua was the high priest who came back under Zerubbabel's leadership when he brought that group back. So if you look at verse 10, you'll see a man named Eliashib in the list. He is a descendant of Jeshua. The reason for this lineage of names is to prove that God is able to keep the priestly line held together intact, 
even though their work and their time in Jerusalem had been interrupted now for 70 years. God doesn't forget promises just because a lot of time passed by. You ever made a promise or told somebody you'd do something? A lot of time passed, you forgot. Then the guy come that you made the promise to came back and said, remember you said you were going to do this? Well, I, no, I don't remember. <laughs> well, you said you would. God doesn't forget, guys. When he makes a promise, he remembers it. Well, that's been a long time ago. Surely God forgot by now. No, he doesn't. He's keeping it intact even after all this time. Friends, what we're seeing here in this lineage, if you were to research this lineage, what this shows us, it shows how well the Lord can preserve anything. He can restore his people even when things go terribly, terribly wrong. I know that some of sometimes, and I do it, we beat ourselves up over a sin that we committed. We feel like we blocked some, some kind of momentum somewhere, and then, oh my gosh, I just blew the whole thing. Well, wait a minute. Did God give you covenant promise in this? He'll restore it if you'll repent and get back to him. He'll restore you back again. It's not up to you. It's up to him. Wasn't up to Israel here either. God's restoring them back. So not only were the priests brought back, but also their entire family lines of praise and worship leaders. God even put them back. Musicians who were brought in to to bring praise back into Jerusalem. I look at this verse as from a whole completely different standpoint. Now that I'm up here playing something, you know, my bass guitar up here as we as we lead praise, I get to be part of that now, and I realize how important it is to have people in place to lead the worship because it throws everybody into worship with the Lord God. God wants his people to worship him. He want, He had always wanted his people to worship him right there at his presence in Jerusalem, not out there in the world running off with some other gods. He wanted them back close worshiping him, and that's where the people are back close to him worshiping again. So, gosh, man, things are really getting back in order again with all of these ancestral lines. He's putting people back in their, their inheritance. You're here. You're over there. This tribe over here, I gave that to you ages ago. Go back in there and take it again. Ancestral lines are back. The family lines, not only are the people back in their places, locations, but also their vocations, back in their jobs that they had before. They're being restored back to what they were given since King David's rule. Nehemiah 11.27, the dedication of the wall. Now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and singing, with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the countryside around Jerusalem from the villages of the, I'm trying, my, 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 I only have so much ram in my head that takes a minute to process, Netophathites, the Netophathites, we'll go with it. Verse 29, from the house of Gilgal, and from the fields of Geba and Asmaveth, for the singers had built themselves villages all around Jerusalem. Then the priests and Levites purified themselves and purified the people, the gates, and the wall. I just noticed something that I'd never caught in my research, that it says the singers built themselves villages around Jerusalem. They wanted to be close. We're the singers. We're the praise guys. We want to be close to where we're needed. That's great. I just just picked that out. Friends, 
you want to be close to where God needs you. Don't venture off way far away to where if God says, all right, let's do your job. Well, you know, I'm a little far away right now. They're like, we're ready at a moment's notice. We're right here outside. Just call us. We'll be right there. This, these are people that are ready. So the Levites who had lived in various places, they were living all around Jerusalem. They were called in by Nehemiah. We're going to come into Jerusalem. We're going to dedicate the wall. So here they come, right? Now, some of these Levites were singers also. So you know, that, guys, this had to be a great time of worship. I mean, this was a great time of worship in here today. This had to be huge over in Jerusalem with all these people. And at the same time, there would have been sacrifice going on because the priests and the Levites purified themselves. So this would have taken the blood of sacrifice animals to do that. They knew how to sacrifice the animals, take the blood, do the sacrificial work that was needed to purify themselves. And, you know, guys, when you come in here to celebrate the Lord and to worship, you need to be purified by blood, really, to do it right. You need to be purified by the blood of the Lamb, our sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Nehemiah 12 and 31. So I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall and appointed two large Thanksgiving choirs. One went to the right hand on the wall towards the refuse gate. After them went Hoshea and half of the leaders of Judah and Azariah, Ezra, Meshalem, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, Jeremiah, and some of the priest's sons with trumpets, shofars. Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Mataniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zachar, the son of Asaph. See, we're given this lineage or this order that people wanted to doubt that God, I don't think God can really restore back that well. Well, here's a list of names proven he can. That's why they're there, even though I'm struggling through it, right? Verse 36, and his brethren, Shemaiah, Azrael, Malilah, Malilai, whatever, Galilai, Mai, Nethanel, Judah, and Hanani with the musical instruments of David, the man of God. And Ezra the scribe went before them. By the fountain gate in front of them, they went up the stairs of the city of David on the stairway of the wall beyond the house of David as far as the water gate eastward. The other Thanksgiving choir, we got more than one. <laughs> the other Thanksgiving choir went the opposite way. And I was behind them with half of the people on the wall going past the tower of the ovens as far as the broad wall and above the gate of Ephraim, above the old gate, above the fish gate, the tower of Hananel, the tower of the hundred as far as the sheep gate. And they stopped by the gate of the prison. So the two Thanksgiving choirs stood in the house of God. Likewise, I and half of the rulers with me and the priests, Eliakim, Messiah, Menjamin, Micaiah, Eloani, Zechariah, and Hananiah with trumpets, also Messiah, Shemaiah, Eleazar, Uzai, Jehoianan, Malchijah, Elam, and Ezer. The singers sang loudly with Jezariah, the director. Can you imagine being there to see this? You're in Jerusalem gigantozoid wall going around the whole place a choir goes around this way a choir goes around that way it's like you ever had surround sound in your house i don't know how many hundreds of people was involved in this they got up on the wall and surrounded everybody and probably saying inward this is surround sound like you ain't never heard in your life Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.